Another game, another loss for the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul fouls out. DeAndre Ayton fouls out. No Devin Booker. No Cameron Johnson. Congratulations, Pelicans. You've won the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I thought they won it last game. That's why I really wanted to win this one because it's like you win the last game, you get that dunk at the end. Alvarado is having the time of his life. They beat the Suns. The press conference is about, what are you going to do? You just won the Super Bowl. They basically went to Disneyland yesterday. But then you come back, Suns almost win. I, do, I just wanted to win this one really bad, especially without Booker with the foul trouble. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. Suns are on a, a losing streak. That's fine. Get out of that. But I just wanted to beat the Pelicans because they are kind of just – why the fuck do they bother me so much? Well, because a lot of their fans have targeted the Phoenix Suns as we're the team that eliminated them from the playoffs last year. You look at Nuggets fans. They're still sore about being swept out of the playoffs two years ago by the Phoenix Suns. So anytime you hear the Phoenix Suns play on the road in these arenas, those are games that the opposition and their fan base is hyped for. And you could hear it in the last two games against the Pelicans. You still see it on Twitter and know that when Christmas Day rolls around and we're playing the Denver Nuggets, uh, pretty sure at home, though, it's going to be one of those games that the opposition circled on their calendar. So weaknesses that the Phoenix Suns have, it's just part of the regular season. Every team's going through it. They're going against a team that's down a couple players themselves and Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones, and they've manhandled the Suns this, uh, this weekend. But you know what? It's it's still December, and that's the way, as, as Suns fans, you have to look at it. We're still 16-11. It's still December. Do we have a long way to go? Yeah, I think we do. But the Pelicans have fastly become one of the teams that I'm I'm – I'm not a fan of their fan base because you were on the subreddit last game. I was on the subreddit this uh, for today's game, not this evening's game. And you just hear some of the shit that they say. And it's just like, and I I know Suns fans, we're probably the fucking worst, but uh, it's just frustrating to see those kind of things and and hear them say kind of some of the dumb shit that they say. Yeah, we are the worst. I think we do uh, earn some of that kind of disrespect sometimes. I think every team, when they're winning, they they act like assholes. And that's just the way it is, right? When you're winning, I mean, even in real life, you're making a lot of money, you're an asshole. You're winning in the NBA as a fan base, you're an asshole. And then we get we get ours in return, and that's fine. And you, like you said, it is early, so it doesn't matter too much. Good fight. Their bench came in, played pretty decent to make up for the foul trouble. So, um I don't know, man. I just, I wanted, you know, it's Sunday afternoon. You have to watch fucking basketball and then you have to come on the pod after a loss. It's just honestly, Jamsters, it's kind of the worst. It's, it doesn't feel it's good. rough. It's rough. It is really rough to be here. It's <laughs> definitely rough. Well, maybe we won't go the full hour on this one, but thank you to everybody who's joining the original post game podcast for the Phoenix Suns, the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're watching along live or you're listening at another time or you're a Pelicans fan because that's what you do after the victories is you go to the opposition and you like to (laughs) talk some shit because you're a piece of shit. Thank you for joining us if you're a piece of shit. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review while you're here. You might as well. You're here. You've you've put forth all that effort. So hang out with us. Uh, I'm popping open up a nice – it's a Diet Dr. Pepper, Matthew. That's what I'm having today. Oh, that's what I got too, man. Dr. Pepper from Sonic. There you, there you go. That's why I like Sonic. They got the Diet Dr. P's, the DDP's. There it is. So pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about what the fourth loss in a row, the fifth. Twenty nine to one twenty four. The Phoenix Suns lose to the New Orleans Pelicans in overtime. This time wasn't a complete blowout, which brings me to my first question for Matthew. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask: Is it more painful losing this way, or more painful losing in a blowout? Because guess what, we've experienced both to the Pelicans in the last seventy two hours. It's a little bit better today just because, you know, you're without Booker. Um, of course, they're without Ingram. So if we were to win, they would say well, we're without Ingram. But we are without Booker. We were in foul trouble. Every possession tonight was a whistle. Um, so it's kind of nice to stay with it. Even last game, they came back and they tied the game. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. were they were still in it in the fourth quarter. 
Um, it's just the depth, the lack of chemistry. You have an injured book last game. Tonight you don't even have book to help. So those that one main thing of book just not being there, it makes you feel a little bit better just because, you know, you can still hang with this team. We still have some fight. We're not giving up because I feel like some of those blowouts before we would just give up. This game mm-hmm. we kept fighting. Aiden kept fighting. You didn't see any of that. So, no, he kept fighting. You didn't, you didn't see any of the give upness. All yes. right. He, they give all up-ness. played yes. very hard today. And it's, it's all right, man. I mean, they, they did lose, but oh, I don't know when this losing. I mean, if we play the Rockets next. That should get us out of this, right? Yeah, you think so. Uh, we'll talk about that at the back end of the pod, but I'm with you. I'd rather lose this way, considering the the fight that the Phoenix Suns had in this game because it was the same shit as when they played against them on Friday night. And what really killed the Suns on Friday uh, was the fact that they were turning the ball over left and right. And when you turn the ball over against the New Orleans Pelicans due to their athleticism, they're going to get out, they're going to run, and they're going to make easy baskets on the other end. And in the third quarter tonight, the Suns had... 35 points, but they gave up 41 to the Pelicans. They had five turnovers, which led to 12 points. And it was the same story again. Now, granted, they fought back in that fourth quarter, ultimately holding them to 19 points and tying the game and putting it into overtime. But it was nice, to your point, Matthew, to see them fight. I think that once we saw that Devin Booker wasn't going to play in this game, this was going to be an L for the team. Devin Booker, even though... He didn't play well in the last game. We Even you and I were talking about it last night. It's like, God, if Devin Booker had just played at full strength last game and not been injured, not dealing with a, a twinked, a, a twinked, a twinked, <laughs> a twinked, a twinked ankle and a eventually tweaking his hammy at the back end of the game, his performance would have put the Suns in a position to, to win that game against the Pelicans in game one. Not having him present in game two, you knew it was going to be a loss. And it was just nice to see some fight from the Suns because, let's face it, Suns fans, for the past week, we've seen zero fight from this team. The first quarter they go down against the Mavericks, they're done. First quarter they go down against the Boston Celtics, they're done. And then when they played the Pelicans in the last game, they didn't have much fight after they gave up a ton of fast break transition points off of turnovers. Yeah, and uh, with Devin Booker, even in the last last season's the playoff series, he was so phenomenal, and he got hurt, of course, in that series, and they barely pulled out. I I think that that is just the biggest thing, is because we don't have the shot creator. You saw towards the end of the game, and even throughout the game, when you know, and when it was struggle, when there was a struggle to pass the ball around, when there was a struggle to actually get a, a shot off, that's when you miss Devin Booker, of course, because mm-hmm. he's the best at it. Um, but that's the thing is like they have to get through this. And the guys off the bench, the guys that are filling in for the starters, like Torrey Craig, Jock, they have to continue to play hard. And Jock, he's been playing better. Um, I think Cameron Payne goes up through ups and downs. You want to trade him. You want you you think he's good off the bench when he makes his shots. He doesn't make them. It's like he's better as a starter. So that whole thing is kind of weird. There's just a lot of things that are still going around that are just they're not stable. And mm-hmm. I think that's just the way it is right now because it's still earlier in the season. And it's just hard to just think about the future and just think like this team still has a chance. They they do. They still oh, have. Yeah. They can make a move, and everyone wants a big trade. Um, they might need it, but right now it's just like if they can sneak out some of these wins until Booker can come back. That's all you got to focus on, man. Well, they need to sneak out wins until Booker comes back, but they also need to sneak out wins until James Jones made some makes some transaction to improve this roster because that's what I'm taking out of this weekend more than anything. Is you take a look at the New Orleans Pelicans. They're young, they're athletic, they're long. The Suns are old, meticulous, and short. I mean, we're not a long team. We're not an aggressive team. We're an old team, and we looked at tonight. And we looked at when we played against this team in the playoffs last year where they were running us off the court, and they realized, like, oh, shit, we just got a seven seconds or less the Suns get out and run after every possession. They can't keep up with us. When you got Dario, Chris Paul, and Torrey Craig out there as three of your five guys, guess what happens? You get run off the court at times. That's what happened tonight, and that's what happened in this brief little weekend series against the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, that being said, we're going to start with the, the big news of the day. Obviously, there was no De- uh, Devin Booker. He's got the hamstring pull, which, quick question, does he only pull his hamstring against the Pelicans? Yeah, and you know what? I think I know which play it was, and it's sometimes I just want to say stupid. Cover your ears, stupid fucking book. 
for trying too hard on defense because he always goes so hard on the Pelicans on defense. It's something where he just like extends himself in a weird, awkward position. I'm like, every time I see that, I'm like, I think he did something. And that's always what happens, dude. He just goes too hard sometimes whenever he turns the ball over, tries mm-hmm. to get back on defense, tries mm-hmm. to make a play, and he gets hurt. That's how well, that, he always does That's what happened last man. year in the playoffs. He he was on, yeah. a, on a heater, turned the ball over. It was a fast break opportunity for the Pelicans, and he was trying to you know block it from behind and overextended himself. Then he was out for what the next four games, I believe it was in the playoffs. Yeah. It's the same thing. And that's what happens when you play a team that's young, athletic and wants to run. Devin Booker has that mentality. Hey, I'm, I'm a young buck. I want to get out and run too, but he's just not used to it because that's just not the way the team plays. We've talked about it with Cameron Payne starting at point guard that you're going to see an increase in, in pace of play, which we saw during the time in which Chris Paul was out for his 14 games, but Chris Paul's back. The offense is a lot slower relative to pace and Devin Booker, is not ready to get out there to start running fucking wind sprints. And that's what the Pelicans are going to have to do sometimes. So sometimes you just got to turn the ball over and just say, fuck it. But what Monty Williams chose to do in his stead was start the smoke break. The Sarge smoke break. 21 minutes is what we saw out of Dario Sarge as he played the, the power forward position today. Torrey Craig was moved to small forward. Mikhail Bridges got to start at the two, uh, but Sarge was two for eight from the field, one of four from beyond the arc. He had three assists, three rebounds, five points, a couple turnovers, a couple fouls. Thoughts on that strategy? Because in theory, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, we're going to put our power forward against your power forward. Your power forward is Zion. We got Dario Sarge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then you have to think like, who's even going to start him anyways? And at first, I'm like, this is this is going to suck. And it looked like it was going to suck because you had Dario trying to take him off the dribble. But then Dario kind of had his way. He was doing a little Steph Curry out there in the corner, hitting those corner three or the one corner three. Before that, he actually did take him off the dribble a little bit. But him and Aiton, they look pretty cool together, dude. Him, Aiton, and Chris Paul, they were running some screens, some double screens. So they had some good spacing out there, finding each other. Of course, it takes some time, and that's what Chris Paul loves is the way the offense was happening in the first quarter was very slow. Just get some screens going down in the paint, find some find some spacing. Then there you go, Sarich. There you go, Aiden. You're open for a little jump shot. That's what was happening, so it looked pretty decent. So in the first, first quarter, I was like, oh, shit, this sucks. I don't want to see this because this is going to be bad. This game's going to be over quickly. But then I was like, oh, wow, this is actually working out. And then that was it. Basically, the rest of the game, you didn't see much of uh, Sarich. The whole start kind of worked out, but the rest of the game didn't really pan out, of course. You can only do so much with him. You had some good plays, um, but it's not enough to where you're just like, all right, this this is something you rolled out in the future. But I kind of liked watching him and Aiden play together, dude. It just seemed like Aiden was so comfortable with him. like They trusted each other, and they found each other. It wasn't something that lasted through the whole game, of course, but it was just something that lasted for that time being in the first quarter where they actually got out to a bigger lead, which they needed. And I think I thought it was a good start, honestly, and just kind of just vanished. Didn't happen again. Yeah. I thought it was a good start too. And that team really had with Sarich out there on offense, another connector. And that's the plus of having them out there. Somebody who can pass the ball, somebody who can get open from three. And what happens is when he gets open from three, the defense is like, oh, shit. And they start to run at him, and he makes the right pass down to Aiton. Aiton was feasting out there with Dario Saric assisting him. So I'm not opposed to seeing lineups where Dario Saric is out there, especially against a a, a big front line. And that's what the, the Pelicans have, and that's what they did on defense. Essentially what the Suns' plan was, okay, our power forward is not going to guard your power forward. No one can guard Zion, but we're not going to put Sarich on Zion. But we're going to have DA and Tory Craig kind of take turns at Zion. And that's what we saw uh, during the minutes in which they both shared together. Obviously, one of the challenges uh, was a lot of those kind of ticky-tack fouls called on DeAndre Ayton. He ends up fouling out in this game. But I'm with you. I think that when I first saw the the lineup and the starting lineup had Dara Sarich, and I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to get cooked out here. But as that first quarter happened, and you got to remember, the Suns outscored the Pelicans 36 to 29 in that first quarter. You know, a lot of that came because you had Dario Sarch as a connector on this team. Dario Sarch dishing out. Uh, he had an assist in that quarter. He had five points as well. Uh, that's where he did most of his offensive damage. And to your point, Matthew, we really didn't see it anymore as they primarily used Torrey Craig as the four moving forward in this game. Yeah. And dude, when you're, 
when every possession's a foul and every time Zion does, you know, charge into the lane, they're calling fouls. It's hard to keep anything consistent because you have to worry about the fouls, but then you have to worry about who's going to body up um, Zion. But to tell you the truth, like we can talk about who else we can put on Zion or who else can stop. You know, Aiden's not going to, he can, no one can. So that's just, that's, that's the answer. No one can. You just have to hope for the best where he might lose the ball or maybe he could tip it out or else maybe the ref doesn't call a foul. But every time he gets in the paint, it's going to be a foul. And I was just thinking like, can they just change the world where, where the offensive player, if he initiates contact at first, then the defensive player can still play, use contact. But like, of course, if it's like something that's harsh, going to the rim where it's a total swat of the arms and that's Mm -hmm. a foul but just let them play like it's the offensive player that's going into the defensive player so how is that always going to be a foul for forever because it's hard to watch i love zion but a guy that's just this talented just going to the free throw line all the time it's so fucking boring so if he's a guy initiating the contact it shouldn't be a foul every time because he's the one bulldozing those guys over. It's just, it's so fucking boring. I can't wait to be done with basketball. I know. I hate all this. I know. It's so (laughs) frustrating to watch. And you're right. And and by the letter of the law, that's what it should be. It is the guy who creates the contact should be the guy who's called for the foul. And we've seen it called. It's just, it's just so damn inconsistent. That's always been, uh, that's my issue with Alvarado, right? Because he literally jumps into guys and he's screaming as he's jumping into guys and throws the shot up. They're like, oh, he clearly fouled him. It's like, yeah, but he jumped two feet into him in order to create that contact. And Zion is somewhat the same way. Again, I I don't have a lot of frustrations with the total number of uh, fouls called that were created on contact on Zion. Uh, he only had seven free throw attempts in this game. And a lot of those were at the back end of and ones. In my opinion, they should just be no calls. You know, there's no foul there. It's just a no call. It's like, listen, he's jumping, you know, you, you look at the back end of the game where Torrey Craig went towards the ball or went to the rim. And you notice, yeah. if you're watching it from the side, you notice Valanciunas didn't go straight up. He went up and then down on exactly. Him. And that's I'm like, glad you brought that up. That's a foul all day long. I mean, if we were to do that to Zion or anybody, that's a foul. And you see that. And again, it comes back to the same thing that we talk about whenever we have this game. It's just the consistency of some of these foul calls. And again, hanging out on the subreddit stakeout, I mean, it was comical in the third quarter. We're like, oh, it looks like they're finally going to pull the whistles out. I'm like, what do you mean finally pull the whistles out? You guys got like six and ones in that quarter. Yeah. Finally going to pull the whistles out. I mean, it's all they're doing is blowing it on the Suns. And again, that's what happens when you play a team that has a Zion. It's just, it's almost the the challenge is he's he's un he's really hard to officiate because of his quickness, because of his ability to create contact, and because of his ability to finish through that contact. And I think the Suns again, for the most part, did a really good job in that fourth or that first quarter because they forced him to pass out a lot. They were creating a wall. I mean, he had eight points in that first quarter. He's three or three from the field. But he was having to pass out a lot as well because the Suns were putting that wall up between Dario Sarge, DeAndre Ayton, Torrey Craig, and, and it was more of a linear wall that he couldn't split. But again, great players are going to figure it out, and he's a great player. Yeah, that always happens. Even if you think like your team figures something out, like either they adjust or else like the rest will actually adjust. And like the second half, you just start hearing whistles. But all game long, I feel like it was whistles. And if you think like, hey, like they're not calling any fouls. All of a sudden, the rest go into halftime and they'll start talking about, oh, let's start calling fouls on this or whatever they do in halftime. I don't even know if they're real people. I think they actually just go in there. They turn off these uh, controls on them or something. They just shut down and recharge or something and come back out. It's insane. I Just really quick, though, I don't – I just – I can't – I can't understand a game like this where it, we have these exciting players and we just have to always have a break in between with these fouls. It just, it's that's fucking, what happens when you wait play to get the Pelicans. I want to be done with this. I want to get a farm. I want to be done with the internet. I want to be done with all this shit, dude. <laughs> Having to deal with basketball, man, because it can drive me crazy with these Diet Cokes and make me feel bad. I'm telling you, man, don't drink the corn. Stay away from corn. Don't be a corn farmer. <laughs> it's, you're allergic to that stuff. It could very, it yes, could hurt sir. you very, very much. Yes, now, I just, I get it. And, you know, the, it's funny because one of the challenges we have uh, by doing a, post-game podcast after every game is sometimes we carry the emotion into the pod and there's certain getting nights where I'm pissed off about the officiating tonight's one of those nights where you are like I'm more pissed off on the officiating the other night than I am on this one I really am because I and I think it's just because Alvocado was out there flopping around in the last game that we saw and he didn't get a chance to in this game he didn't get a chance to this he, he they called him for his bullshit and he was out of the game he's offensive foul running into players you know doing stupid stuff so I mean you know, I think that again, 
it's frustrating night in and night out to watch officiating, especially through the lens of a Phoenix Suns fan. This is an interesting statistic. This is uh, so says Jay put this on Twitter and pretty much he said there's been 13 games this season in which there has been a free throw disparity of 20 or more. Okay. So that is to say one team shoots 20 or more free throws than the opposition 13 times. It's happened in the NBA. It's happened four times to the Phoenix suns. No other team. It's happened to twice, four times. It's happened to the Phoenix suns. So essentially that's every seventh game. We get a game in which the opposition just shoots 20 more free throws than us. That's why we, as, as Suns fans, we can build, we can be, we feel like we're beat down from an officiating standpoint because we're a team that attempts the 28th most free throw attempts in the league. And then every seventh grade game, the opposition's a lot being allowed to be physical. And we just, we can't be physical. We're literally not allowed to be physical. I mean, the, the challenge that I did have in that third quarter, and even Dave King was saying it on Twitter, was there was a lot of fouls where it's just they were very soft. They're quick swipes. No one's making contact. There's the one where Tory Craig jumps up and then like backs away, and they go. Uh, I forget the guy Najee Marshall goes around him, lays it in. They're like foul, and and it's like, yeah, and, I, saw, I remember that. You know what I mean? And like Eddie Johnson's so mm-hmm. right. It's like if you get a challenge, you should have another challenge because if it's constantly going on. You know, it's just, and, and again, the frustrating thing is then you go on like the subreddit for the Pelicans and they're like, Suns are soft, Suns flop. I'm like, if the Suns flop so much, how <laughs> they do don't people flop. get any fucking calls? They don't. The flopping is when you actually get calls. Like, I think that's the definition is when you flop, well, to flop is to actually fall on the floor backwards or, mm-hmm. you know, sideways, whichever way you want to go. And then get the foul. We don't get the foul calls and we're not aggressive. And there's some calls tonight where it's just like, it's a foul for sure, and then it's going one way for Zion, like you said, and it's not going for Craig the other way. No one is tr- treated equal on the court at all. When it comes to foul calling, it's never equal. Um, when you have a game that's going to go down to the wire, it's always a team that can get to the line is going to win the game. That's why this is so fucking frustrating. And I- I'm not saying, like, I think that the Suns, a lot of games, just don't even try to get to the free throw line. That's just the way they are. And mm-hmm. I'm not defending the Suns. I'm just saying that the NBA sucks watching this kind of shit where it's just you're you're watching these plays that are great but then they end in an and one like all the time or i'll say end in a foul and it's just stop and go stop and go stop and go and you just want to see some kind of flow to the game it is seriously it to me it just seems like a waste of time it's like i can just watch this on my computer and be more fun right seriously that's so how it just drives me crazy man I just think the NBA has a huge issue. They're always going to have this issue. Every sport has this, and I just can't stand it. How we still talk about fouls after every pod. Watching football, same thing. It's always always one call that screws a team. So mm-hmm. you have D- Dick Lambino, whatever his fucking name that comes on in football, <laughs> where he's saying he's saying that's not a catch, and they're saying it is a catch or something. It's like, yeah. what's the point of this? What's Why are you point? coming on here telling me that he didn't call the right call? Like, You're talking what about that are Texas play, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Texas play. Yeah, we're deep. Yeah. Damn, damn, I actually wanted them to lose today. S- Sam Blanflino comes on. He gives you 13 <laughs> reasons why it's not a catch, and the guy on the field's like, "After further review, it's a catch." You're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's like, what's what? The point? Why don't you what's just the... tell him that? You know, aren't the... you like the head of like the CIA or what is that guy? What <laughs> I he do? He's a consultant now. He just sits. <laughs> you see that one with Mike Pereira? Yes. Where it's like he doesn't realize he's on. He's, he's like looking off to the side, like licking his he's lips, all, like, like, looking. Yeah, dude. What are they he's doing like, in that he's room? Like, he, he's like tongue fucking the intern it's on all live green. television. Yeah, it's all green screen behind him, and then there's just like a big orgy happening behind the green yeah. screen. What is going on? All of a sudden, you see like an arm come up, and you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> like on "It's Always Sunny" where they go through the the screen when they remember when they go to the apartment and they're having sex, and then they come right there. Right. <laughs> I like what uh, AJ Double U says in the uh, in the chat. He goes, "Or we get a call, then it's overturned for some BS." Abnormally oh, yeah. extended his legs. You mean he shot a fadeaway that was clipped? I guarantee you, if that was Aiton guarding CJ, it would stand. Yeah, yeah, that was bullshit call. That was it, bad. It, it was, it, and that's tr- that 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 changed the game. So for those of you who are listening and didn't watch, and you come to the Suns Jam session because you know what, you were busy on a Sunday afternoon. You went down to Schnepp Farms and you were hanging out with your family and your <laughs> loved ones rather than watching a, a Suns game. Essentially, what happened is the game is one twenty three to one twenty in overtime. The Phoenix Suns are trailing the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris Paul shoots a three, and we've seen it happen to Devin Booker, where he gets called. Uh, it's called on the court a foul on Zion for running into him the second time he had did it during the three point shot. 
and they called the foul. They they overturned it, stating that he abnormally extended his legs into into uh, Zion. If you look at it, it's like either that's a no call or it stands. It's not an overturn because I've seen a lot less be overturned. But of course, mm-hmm. it's an overturn. Suns don't get the the three free throws. Uh, the Pelicans go on a 6-0 run. At that point, it's 129-120. And over time, the game's over. And again, it comes down to it's just like it's it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to watch this kind of basketball time in and time out. And a guy who had to pay for a lot of this tonight was the Juice. What's up? Torrey Craig looked like he went like seven rounds with Mike Tyson at the end of this game. Because, again, the one challenge that Monty had to use is when they called a defensive foul – on Torrey Craig, where Zion Williamson turned a corner and just ran right through him. They called a foul on Torrey Craig, and finally Monty's like, this is bullshit. They called, they, they overturned it because it's clear as day. He just What Zion does is he puts his head down like he's a running back, and he goes through people. And if you aren't just standing there, set f- feet set, and he runs into you, it's a foul on you, like you said, Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's a foul on you for literally existing. And even, yeah. when, even when you are planted, like Torrey Craig was in this instance, it's a foul on you until it is overturned, and then you don't have a challenge. Yeah, I mean the views this guy takes um, every night, though Zion, of course, he's he's quite the load to handle every night when you're not really a true starting power forward. It's it's a lot to take in um, to the gut, to the chest, and he does the fucking great job. Where I love Craig so much, where he just doesn't complain, he just does his job, and he's always there in the end, making big plays still. Um, whether he hits that three at the end of the game to keep it close, to tie the game. I forget if it tied it or if he took the lead. If he's making that shot, awesome. If he's not, he's doing everything else you want him to do. But just seeing it on paper, it's like, oh, Craig against Zion. Even though you're starting Sarge, you know it's always going to be Craig and DA in the game. Mm. And then Craig's going to have to take him on. It's like, damn, dude, that's going to be tough. But he puts up a battle. He does the best that he can do, but I feel like anybody really can do against Zion. And that is to try to take the charge, maybe flop. Maybe flop a little bit. Um, I don't know if he flopped on that one, man. That's, I, I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. 800 like, pounds of Zion coming at you. like it, Yeah. How do you even flop? Because that's 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 quite the mismatch there. So I, I think when you have Craig out there guarding Zion, man, it's – I don't even know how he makes it through a full game without getting he, concussed, he, without losing an arm or losing a boob. Something was, has to fly off, dude. <laughs> it, yeah. No one was more frustrated that it was going to overtime – the Tory Craig is like shit. Five more minutes of this shit. <laughs> I knew they were gonna <laughs> lose too. I, mean? I was like, dude, come on. You know what I mean? And then yeah. uh shout out to Till D Legend in the chat. Thanks for showing up, you nerd. Uh let's go, Pell. CP3 is <laughs> a dirty player, Zion MVP. It's good to know that after the after the Pelicans win, you go to Suns Podcast. We appreciate your support. Hit the hit the thumbs up while you're here. We really care. Or we we really uh don't give a shit about what you have to say about anything. Um, I do. I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. T- t- yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. Uh, another thing I want to talk about in this game is Mikael Bridges, man. I got, I got to give some love to Mikael Bridges, but I also have to take some of that love away. The warden. The warden in this game ends with a total of 27 points. He was 10 of 23 from the field, 5 of 13 from beyond the arc. He had five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Uh, He had 19 points in the first half. So he had eight in the second half slash overtime. So Mikhail Bridges, you know, I I was much akin to the majority of Suns Nation. We were excited to see him taking those shots and hitting them. Uh, He was Euro-stepping into my heart in that first half. 19 first-half points, the most in his career. And then he just kind of faded away. Right. Like faded away, faded out of the game. Uh, and I don't know why, you know, he's the one who with uh, Devin Booker, you know, being one of the essentially four starters who didn't get a chance to play the entire game in this game because uh, the, the refs bailed out our other two and CP three and DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Johnson's not playing. You know, so knowing that we're down from the beginning of the game, two fifths of our starting five, Mikhail Bridges came and provided the offense that we needed to fill the gap of Devin Booker and then just kind of got on my bad side in the second half. I don't know. Where'd he go? I don't know. But, yeah, he, he just is too so damn, damn skinny. skinny. <laughs> yeah, Kota Kid does say he is too damn skinny. Um, he does always disappear. That's one thing he does um, game in, game out. You see him have this start. You're like, all right, let's go, man. Those are great-looking shots. He has some spacing. 
Uh, he hit a corner three. It's always nice, but he disappears in a game where you need him to step up. And I don't know what it is, but you have to get it through to his head. We have to do the thing where we did it, Aiden. Like, you got to be tough, man. We need you to step up in a way where you never have before, where you're consistent, you're getting 20 points a game. Just try. Just get those shots off. He had some nice-looking shots that wouldn't go in, too, towards the end of the game a little bit. Um, but I just think when you're talking about Mikael Bridges, he – is a defensive awesome he's an offensive defensive player but there's just something where he is kind of just too small for some teams and i think this is one of the teams where he just he kind of gets abused in some ways he just Mm -hmm. gets there's a lot of mismatches there whatever he does defensively is always going to be good but in games like this he will always disappear he'll always be the guy that is just kind of like played out of the game kind of like a chris paul who did hit the game tying shot tonight but kind of gets played out of the game too athletic too too fast it's just too much to handle um, it sucks to say though, man, because I feel like Mikhail's kind of been this way. I never could understand how to watch his game offensively because it was always so hot and cold all the time. But mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. You can't count on him, man. You just can't. You can't count on him to show up in the end. And I don't know what that is. He's got to learn to finish with the left hand. I think that's big because he likes to come across from the right to the left and finish with his right. It's like, you got to learn to finish at the left because he left some easy points out there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the first half gave me a lot of hope when it comes to Mikael Bridges because he does have a good offensive game. And who knows, maybe over these next few games with Devin Booker being out, he can he can work on that and work on getting more comfortable with being the guy who has to take the shots. Because ultimately, 23, he took the most shots in this game. It was him, then DA with 18, then campaign with 14. Those are your, your top three shot takers in this game for the Phoenix Suns. So he's going to have that opportunity to take a bunch of shots. I want him to keep taking them. I want him to stay engaged as much as he can offensively. And I know it's tough considering he's got to take the best player on the on the defensive end, but he didn't tonight. I mean, he was on CJ. Zion's the best guy on this team. So again, I just it's it, this is one thing to be looking at, and I know that we'll definitely observe here on the jam session is how Mikael Bridges responds over these next few games, knowing that he's going to be somebody who we're going to rely on from an offensive standpoint. And again, you know, 20, uh, or I'm sorry. Yeah. 27 points. That's a damn good. I'm not, I'm not knocking Mikhail 27 points. Hell yeah, dude, let's go. We, that's what we need from you, you know, but it was very top heavy. It was very front of the, the, the game. It should have been a little bit more in that second half, but you can't ultimately fault him. And another he guy, had 27 points. Yeah. Oh my God. He had 19 I thought he had like 13 half. points, dude. 19 in the first half. Okay. Yeah. Ninth to the first set. Thanks for listening to me when I talk, man. You. You're welcome. Watch. DeAndre Ayton, man, dude. 28 points, 12 rebounds on 13 of 18 shooting, five assists as well, uh, a block, a turnover, the six personal fouls. He looked fantastic in this game. There was no answer for DeAndre Ayton. Just unfortunate. Once you saw this game was going to overtime and you knew that he had fouled out, you're like, shit, because he's a bucket anytime we want against this team because yeah. he just he owns Jonas and Valanciunas. Valanciunas is too slow. Uh, he does play physical, but he's a little too slow to guard DeAndre Ayton. And that little baby hook that he's got going right now is damn near unguardable. unguardable. It's lethal. The only one who can stop him from that, that jump hook is himself. And what do you mm-hmm. think about those highlighter kicks he had, those yellow highlighter kicks he was rocking? Oh, they're very nice. I honestly I didn't notice them. I'm sorry. I should have. They're highlighted. Jeez. How did I not notice yeah, them, man? You know why? Like for the jazz. It's because I was watching it on my computer screen, and I, it was mm. kind of blurry the whole time, kind of mm. like, Ugh. so I didn't really get any detail. I couldn't even tell if a shot went in, really. So it's mm. like kind of like, like watching the old pornos when it's like all blurry, and all of a sudden a booby would pop out. You're like, oh, did he make that? Um, Dude, DA was awesome. He has that spin hook thing he was doing tonight. He did it twice. One went in, one went in. The other one went in and out. Mm-hmm. That looked awesome, man. He went across the lane, left side, right to left. Um, quick spin. A lot of space, and it looked good. I want to see more of that. That was sick. A great game tonight because he did finish strong. Even though he did foul out, he kept playing. He didn't let the fouls bother him because it is a bullshit thing where you want to watch Aiden, you want to watch him play against Zion, two number one picks. You just want that to be a thing. All right, they're staying here in the West because this team, they already hate each other. You have Zion and Aiden, which should be an awesome matchup. And you have refs that take him out of the game. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, every foul was not a foul, of course. And I'm not going to sit here and argue that. But 
I'm just saying, refs, let them play. Let's just have a game, man. No one can guard Zion. Okay, we get that. We get that. But just don't call a foul every fucking time. He just barely touches a dude who's ramming his shoulder into him. I don't understand that. You want DA to finish because maybe this is a Suns win. Because he was fucking amazing tonight. He was he played like he did last game, but he continued to fight. He continued to try to finish the game out for the Suns, but the rest took him away from us, guys. I'm I'm sorry, man. It's like having your Christmas present taken away, right? It was yeah. just devastating. It was tough, and I think that he did a really good job also passing out of a lot of things. Again, he had those five assists. I mean, he was spraying the ball all throughout the court, and I think that, yeah. you know, again, he too – it's going to be somebody that we're going to be keyed into on as Devin Booker misses some time with a left hamstring injury is DeAndre Ayton, how he's performing and knowing that somebody has got to put up points for the Suns, and it can be him and it should be him. I think that he, again, he's, he was so on, he was so unstoppable in this game. What about uh, the Ewing Ru- effect or whatever? Um, the, the, Booker Ewing, being out because if Aiden would have won this theory, game, Ewing theory, Ewing theory. First yes. up, runner up. If Aiden has as much touches as Luke and Shy, he would average thirty plus easy. Yeah, and no shit. Like he's not a point guard. So, I mean, yeah, duh. Uh, yeah, Ewing theory. Oof, you're a little brutal today, huh? <laughs> I'm pissed off, just like you, man. Like the Seahawks are losing, and yeah. they're my pick in the picker. Are they losing the still? They're Twenty to seventeen. Carolina oh. has the ball. Um, the sun, like you said, watching the suns lose on a Sunday afternoon just kind of sucks. So I got oh, a little, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm spitting some nails a little bit. Uh, Careful, Jim. Ewing theory. There is no Ewing theory cause they lost. So I won't even go into that. <laughs> uh, had they won, we could have had some Ewing theory. <laughs> yeah. Some maybe people, I'll, I'll touch on it briefly during the subreddit stakeout is that's what some of the Pelicans fans were saying. It's like, Hey, look, the suns are better without Booker. It's like, no, they're better without injured Booker. Okay. Like, yeah, the, he was killing them last game. Yeah. Time. He was killing them last game. Cause he was hurt. First and, quarter, third quarter. Yeah, when he was taking his shots. And and tonight, the Phoenix Suns knew they had to come out without their primary uh, score and were dishing the ball around and getting everyone involved. And they looked like a very quality basketball team. But ultimately, turnovers hurt them in the third quarter. They had a hard time catching up. They finally did. It's the same thing. It's the same story. you know. But then you take a look. You take a step back from all this, from all this bullshit. You go, they're 16-11. They were down Devin Booker, Cameron Johnson. Uh, Jay Crowder's still not with the team. You know, there's a ton of things going against the Phoenix Suns right now. They're on what game three of a four game road trip. They play on in Houston on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So, I mean, it's a lot of things. Do we want them to go win? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's going to be okay. Just keep telling myself. It'll be a little okay. Sorry, runner up. He says a little salty. It's a war, not a battle, bro. <sighs> don't leave us, runner up. Yeah, don't leave us. Sorry. Hit like, hit like where you're here. I'm sorry, runner up. I'll be nice to you guys. All right. I'll, I'll try to be nice. Let's see if I can come up with another drop to – here we go. Let's do this guy. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my – Jack. Landale. Jock had some good energy in this game, especially at the front end. You know, the, the way that the Phoenix Suns were playing uh, – they were matching the energy of the Pelicans. And that's one thing you have to do is you have to match their energy. He played 20 minutes. He was four, seven from the field. He had eight points. He had seven rebounds and two assists in this game. And also a pretty nice block. I like what I saw from jock in this game. I hope it's something that again, it's somewhat sustainable moving forward, but I, you know, I'll, I'll tip my cap and I'll be light and cheery and breezy about jock. Oh, jock. What a great game by jock Lando, Matthew. What a great day. What a great day to be a Suns fan. Jock Landell, 8-7 and seven in 20 minutes. Um, Yeah, well, he started the game uh, great for the Suns because in the first quarter of the last game, like they got out to a pretty good lead, but then they would just kind of let up when Chris Paul was out. Every time Chris Paul would leave, the Suns would play like crap. So Jock comes in in the first. He looks good. He was getting some buckets on the rim. He did have the Nance dunk over him, but then – yeah, it, it's it's weird. The little quick thing about Larry Nance does he not get away with every technical? He does so Dude, much shit on the court. You're not wrong. Somebody and he, yeah. he steps over Craig. He stepped over Craig and kicked him. He was foot, kicking. He him. drags his yeah, yeah. drags his foot over him while looking down at him. No, you're 100 right. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm glad you said Larry Nance is driving me crazy because yeah, after the dunk on on Jock, he pointed and yelled at him. Had a son done that? Devin Booker's yeah. done that. What to D'Lo last year? Remember he dunked and he yelled and they're like technical foul. You can't, exactly, you can't have emotion if you're a Phoenix son. And, you know, but Larry Nance is out there kicking guys while they're down, pointing in their faces. And they're like, Dude. that guy's a fucking competitor, bro. 
Put him on the line. Let him shoot another one from the line. And one, bitch. And you might think, like, if fellow fans are watching us, like, oh, I you're just care. complaining. No, but if you watch the Suns, dude, we get called yeah. for everything. That's the one everything. thing. We can't have any emotion out there. Otherwise, it's a foul. It's a technical foul. So that's what drives me nuts. And speaking of emotion, you got it back from Jock. I feel like the last few games, we really haven't talked about him. Because we need him to mash that energy off the bench. It hasn't been there, but like maybe five games ago when he came in, when DA needed that energy. Ever since then, he's kind of been just whatever. But some plays were good, some plays were not. It's always like he's always just so close to like kind of connecting a play on offense, but then he just kind of fumbles the ball away. Um, but you just like him with his positioning tonight where he was under the basket, making sure that he made sure <laughs> making sure that he was actually there. Cause I feel like he just wasn't really there before this game he just hasn't been there for the suns and they desperately need him and that's why we have him to match that energy off the bench from the other teams but now he's kind of back he had some shitty plays tonight but i think overall 80 percent of the game i feel like he did a pretty good job yeah and you know what some of the suns fans are calling it out ajw just jock had too many turbo turnovers and a few dumb passes when he had a dunk yeah he had that wide open he dunk. had some eight in plays yeah yeah he had some oh, eight yeah. in, some eight in plays b says jock hurt us yeah he missed some bunnies today too you know, again, I said he was what four seven from the field. The three that he missed were like wide the fuck open. Um, it's so he, weird hearing that. Like, it's just because I feel like he played good, but then he did hurt us. But you're just asking too much from him when it's he's in a in a position where he has to like contribute towards the end. He's not going to be that guy. I don't count on him to do that. Do you? Sorry, I don't. What were you I, I I don't. And the Panthers just scored again, so now I'm even matter. Oh um, my god! Can someone else finish this pod for me? It's 27-17. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Oh, I don't want to be here. I'm man. gonna I'm gonna lose in our in our eliminator challenge after 14 <sighs> weeks with 2,500 bucks on the line. Looks like I'm gonna lose. Wow, what a day! Uh, the other thing that I had in my notes for Jock is I it, much akin to what you said, Matthew. He was a rim magnet tonight. He was positioning himself down low. He was just putting pressure on the interior, and that's <laughs> the primary thing that I want from Jock is just run down there, use that hustle, and don't allow them to kind of be lackadaisical on de- on defense. Get down there get close to the rim. If we get an entry pass, great. If not, you've at least extended that defense to the point where they can, it opens it up a little bit for the, for the guards. Uh, One of those guards being Cameron Payne. Here comes the Payne. Oh, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne. I have such a schizophrenic relationship with this guy. Uh, Six of 14 from the field. 17 total points, three assists, three turnovers, two of five from beyond the arc. Uh, I'm sorry. Th- yeah, two of five. Uh, I wanted to trade him in the first half. <laughs> I did. I was so pissed off at Cameron Payne because he was, he just, when the Suns were successful in that first quarter, 36 points, the ball's whizzing around. They're snapping it around the perimeter. They're hitting the interior. DA's hitting it. Jock Landell's coming in. He's getting some points. Uh, Bridges hitting threes that are wide open because of the ball movement. Then campaign comes in the game, and every time he gets the ball, he's got to like drive and throw up a shitty shot or shoot a three, or he just, the ball dies with him. And I was so frustrated. It was a black hole. It's like seeing a smaller Kelly Oubre out there, both left-handed, mind you. And then the second half, he comes out and hits a couple of three-pointers. I was like, okay, here he is redeeming himself. But ultimately, he just, he can't, he just, he can't consistently be this bad, man. I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He he was playing so much better as a starter. And now I get, I get it. There's that adjustment of wanting to be an impact player because you've been an impact player for 14 games. So you're going to try to do too much. And this reminds me of last year pain where he was trying to do too much coming in off the bench. And because he's not doing, because he's trying to do too much, he's not getting anything accomplished. And unless he's hit all these shots, you know, he's, he's not really productive. And again, 17 points. So again, I I'm, I'm, it's a schizophrenic relationship because at the end of the day, you look at the box score, he contributed 17 points. He had a big three. He does have some plays that were really beneficial to this team, but man, sometimes it's just, I, I, I get so frustrated. And that's the reason why he's a backup on this team. Yeah, like B says, I am very conflicted too because when he was a starter, he was so good at passing the ball around. Like he made some nice passes to DA. And then all of a sudden off the bench, you just hope that he's a streaky shooter that he can come in and get you eight points in the third where he did help in the third. Um, but in the first, when he comes in, like he's a negative five. He The team was playing so well. Then he comes in and just does a terrible job. 
his let when he starts to do those layups where he knows he's gonna miss them, where he just goes up and he just does them anyways. He underneath the backboard, behind the backboard. I don't know where they end up, but it's like these quarterbacks taking like a sack on fourth down. It's like it's the weirdest thing. It's like he's just kind of gives up on the play and it's over. And he's just like, I'm just not gonna bring the ball up. I have to drive. Just take the ball back out and restart, man. It's not like it's a shot or clock. Pass violation. it to somebody. You have 10 seconds, man. Or yeah. But there's a big difference of him coming off the bench. I don't know what it is because he is a different player starting. He's a player that you want to keep you believe in that you make that you just like you kind of back him up when people are talking shit. Like, no, look at him. He's doing great without Chris Paul. Then he comes back off the bench. It's like, all right, well, I don't want him on this team anymore because it's costing us. It, mm-hmm. That's like that's all it is. And then 17 points still, but at times it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Because what the way we're looking at it is like the points look good, but like Mikhail, it's like where are you? Why are you not making the um, the plays when you need to? But also, why, Cameron Payne, are you making these dumbass plays that are costing us? Like, you don't have to do that, man. Slow down a little bit. You don't have yeah. to be the guy to go and try to make a bucket every time if it's not there. I don't understand what that is still, dude. That needs to get through to his head, dude. Just, Just pass, pass the ball out. Pass the fucking ball. And then on the other side, you have Landry Shamit, who is also part of, like, remember back in 2000 how we had, like, backcourt 2K? You know, it's Jason Kidd and Penny Hardaway. This is like backcourt 20 or, or 2K22, where I'm just confused and conflicted on, on who these guys are. All I can say is Sham. He doesn't get the wow. Sham in this game is another <laughs> one of those guys who you take a look at the final box score. He was two or three from the field in 13 minutes. Didn't play a bunch, right? He had three steals in this game. He had five points. He also had a block. No turnovers, but I still feel conflicted when I watch this guy play because I feel like he ran a lot of possessions into dead-end possessions and how he, he's just not making the right pass. And I, I'm It's backcourt 2K22, man. I'm just lost. I'm conflicted yeah. on these two guys. Well, there's a play. I think it was towards the end of the third quarter where they had two seconds to shoot the ball, and you know he passes it off to Craig, and Craig's not really ready. He thought that shit yeah, was like He's going to shoot three. it. Yeah. And then like those kind of plays, it's like, dude, you can't still do that. Like no one does that anymore. Like you've been in a funk for a while now, but also the biggest thing with this bench is like, they're not feared at all. Like you're talking about Cameron yes, Payne that's a fact. and Shamit where they can carry you to the third, where they were combined 13 points, which was good. They did carry the Suns right there, but also like, I just don't see a fear. And um, I don't feel like teams really care. I don't think they care of the on either side of the ball. The bench. No. Yeah. There's just something there. It's just like, nah. Oh, okay. They got like, 13 points. We can stop them next quarter. But, re- matter. but remember back to our finals team two years ago where it was Cameron Payne and Javon Carter and Langston Galloway and the other guy. Uh, and when they came in, like you knew you were going to get like Javon Carter on defense and Cameron Payne on defense, just being a pest, being our Jose Alvarado, yeah. being our guy who's just going to be in the shorts of the opposition and making them earn every point. And you just don't see that anymore from anybody from our second team unit from a guard perspective, Josh Akogi, Yes. But I consider him more of a wing than a true, you know, guard. So I, I feel like between those two, it's just, it's really frustrating to watch. I like what B says, like when it's clicking, it's thrilling. When, when he isn't reference campaign, it's depressing. And that's both of them. And we're getting a lot more of that depression lately. Obviously the team's losing, but you're to your point, Matthew, they're just, they don't, they're not scary. They're not scaring anybody. No, they get too overwhelmed in the situation. Like if, if the Pelicans are coming in and they have their bench out there and they're coming in, they're going on a little run. It just seems like they get too overwhelmed and they don't pass the ball around as fluidly, but then they also just have like some stupid turnovers. They'll just not make the right decision at the right time. And that's, what's scary to watch is because you have to trust these guys. You know what I mean? If you're going to play a team, that's going to be in the, in the playoffs, um, a championship contender, and you're coming down to minutes where there might be foul trouble, you might need some help coming off the bench, then you just can't count on these guys. That's what I that's how I see it, man. You just can't count on them right now. No, 100 percent You can count on Damian Lee, I feel. Josh Akogi, oh, yeah. you can yeah. count on defensively. And what that tells me is both of those guys are expendable. And at some point, James Jones has got to look at both Cameron Payne and Landry Shaman as, as expendable assets and try I to do so some too. some semblance of an upgrade. And it's not Colin Sexton. I'm telling you that right now. I'm telling you that right now. All right, let's talk about what happened in the subreddit for the New Orleans Pelicans. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. 
So there I was hanging out on the Pelicans subreddit. <laughs> so frustrating place to be if you're a Suns fan, but you gotta dude. you gotta you gotta stay low, right? So they don't know you're there. And just downvote everything. <laughs> I do so much downvoting when I'm on the subreddit. Uh, Chris, especially like today, dude. I'm a troll. I'm a troll. That's for sure. So one of the first things that they said, guarding Bridges feels like it might be a good idea at some point. And again, that's considering how great he was in that first half. 19 points in the first half. So there was a little bit of love for Mikhail Bridges. Next up, Jock Landell. Worst haircut in the NBA. It's like it's worse than Trey. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, he's got that that thing going on. I just don't know what it is. But when, when they're saying thinning. when when they're saying that that uh, Trey Young has worse or you have worse hair than Trey Young, like you need to listen, dude. That's not the first time we've heard that too. I feel like this is the second subreddit where someone yes. said that. Yes, yeah. it's it, it's traveling through the NBA. I'll tell you that. Um, this sounds insane, but I think the Suns are actually better without Booker. They take more time. <laughs> They they're more patient, and when the offense runs through CP, they just look better. Okay. No, well, at times, of course, when Booker's on the floor, we always have uh, times where he's not playing right during a game, and they look good. Yeah, but we need him at the end there. You can see what happens. That's we should say the same thing about Zion. You guys look so much better without Zion party. Or with Ingram, they're six and zero without him right now. Yeah, seven and zero. They might they might as well just trade us Ingram. I was gonna, I, that was my prediction, right? As a trade. So. Well, I wrote in my notes. When it comes to the Pelicans, there's two things I wrote. Ingram Ewing theory and Zion shoots free throws with his foot on the line. Those are my two Pelicans. <laughs> that I wrote. I'm surprised Chris Paws and pointed that out. Yeah, I know. He's got to like point down and be like, hey, man, yeah. like, look, 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 look where his uh, look where his foot is, man. It's clearly on the line every time. All right, All right more, sub, more subreddit. Aiton has never missed a goddamn mid-range shot. Aiton's touch around the rim is crazy. Aiton can just feast on us all day. I don't know why they don't feed him every play until we figure out how to stop it. <laughs> Sounds like Suns fans. <laughs> yeah, and someone said, like, if he had as much touches as Luka, he would get 30-plus. Tonight's a game where you just give Aiton the ball, let him win the game for you. That's why I was so frustrated last game with him because yep. I thought he had a chance and he just didn't do it, but tonight he needed the ball and they didn't give it to him. Well, and he also had six fouls. He also had six fouls. He wasn't allowed to do anything. Quiet. Uh <laughs> Jonas ain't worth a shit on defense or or offense against the Suns. Got me asking for Willie Herman Gomez. Uh, get in that motherfucker. And I think he finally came in the game. I, if, if I pull up the stat. The, Did he? See. Um, yeah, he played one minute. <laughs> Willie oh, Her- Herman. Oh, there Her- he is. Her- 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 Hernan Gomez. Yeah. Hernan Gomez. Yeah, he played, played one minute. Uh, I'm a big Nuggets fan, but a Pelican sympathizer. I'm cheering so hard for you guys to humble the Suns. You guys have one of the best young cores in the league and a good coach. Jealous as fuck about that last That one. was us two years ago. Everyone I know. was saying the same thing about the Suns. I know. Everyone gets so sick of these people, that these teams that win, man. It's just... Well, the other thing is they need to humble us? We've been Suns fan, do, do, do the Suns really need to be humbled? Let's talk about this. When have we ever won anything? Ever. <laughs> I'll wait. We eliminated Denver two years ago. You're still sore about it there. You, 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 you Pelican sympathizer there. I got to go to this subreddit and talk about how I'm, I sympathize. They, the Suns need to be humbled. I'm so happy for you guys. I, I love you, <laughs> Coach. I love you, young Cora. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, and this is, <laughs> I don't know what to say, dude. I'm on one. I'm sorry. Uh, this is where it took a turn. And so you were doing the subreddit on um, Friday, right? Same team, same subreddit. Th- this is something I, I did not see coming. They go child porn three back to flopping. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, here comes the child predator. They, their nickname for CP three is child porn and child predator. Why? Because of the Kardashian league? No, because of that? CP. Yeah, I understand that, but it's it's kind of that's kind of harsh calling someone a child predator. I know dude. that's, that's like the what the Pelicans. You got to remember the thing about New Orleans, the team that was yelling like Chris Paul sucks when he got fouled out of this game. The team who booed him every time he had the ball in this game. This is where he started his career was for a long, long time and actually put them on the map. If Chris Paul hadn't come to New Orleans, they probably wouldn't have a. Uh, a franchise there. They don't remember that. I don't they think don't. A lot of they fans, call- I don't think they even knew he played for the Pel- they, not the Pelicans, but the Hornets at the time. The Hornets. The Hornets. 
Uh, they call them child predators three and child porn three. So but you can't you can't say that. Same. He remembers them yelling, "Chris Paul sucks," and chooses to put on anything. Be a rocket. Be a clipper. Don't be a fucking hornet. Fuck them. They don't deserve you. Uh, and then the last thing I had, surprise, surprise, they overturned the call, referencing the Zion Williamson charge. Fuck Monty Williams and his bitch-ass whining. Interesting. He whines, huh? Yeah. He's pretty silent for a coach. I know. The biggest whiner in the league, ladies and gentlemen. Per the Pelican subreddit, Monty Williams. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. Who's that guy? Who's hanging out here? Dude, those wigs. That was that was a nice one, man. I'm telling you, Jamster's out there, right? He looks good in wigs. He's a good looking wig guy. Imagine if I actually had hair. Imagine. I think everyone looks good with the hair though, right? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm a bald guy. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a thumbs up if you happen to be hanging out with us right now. And uh, let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, who is your jam star of the game? Oh, it's Aiden, man. Mm-hmm. It is definitely Aiden. 100%. I agree. So sad about this one, dude. Yeah, I, I it would have been really nice to pull this one out. But yeah, it's got to be. Watch it. Got to be DeAndre Ayton. Got to be got to be DA, uh, and therefore, in honor of DA, uh, the Jamstar segment is brought to you by DraftKings. You looking to make some cold hard cash? Visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Who doesn't love a good same-game parlay? Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Win enough money, and who knows, Jamsters, maybe we can buy the franchise from Robert Sarver. All right, next up for the Phoenix Suns, the Houston Rockets on Tuesday. Revenge game or not? (laughs) Yeah, it's a revenge on just the league right now. We're treated as shit. Everyone thinks we're soft. Everyone thinks that we have no business being back in the finals ever again with this team. Just go on with some ass, dude. And just really quick, dude, it does suck watching an Aiden game like this, and you just have to worry about fouls. Like, that's just disappointing as any kind of NBA fan. Like, it's just stupid shit. I don't understand that. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Just fucking win. Let's go. I know Aiden's going to have a huge game. He definitely is this game. He should. Against Singoon. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, Yeah, it should be a win, but I don't know what to think anymore. One thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, you know, we were talking about in the last podcast about Julius Randle. Uh, and at yeah. the NBA Central on Twitter, tweeted out today: New York's asking price for Cam Reddish appears to be a second-round pick or a player on a rookie contract with a different skill set. Per at Steve Popper, so all they want is a second-round pick for Cam Reddish. Thoughts? Uh no. Why? Because I don't watch him. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't want Cam <laughs> Reddish either. I, I, I was kind of well. I was kind of going back and forth with a couple people on Twitter today about it because they're like, "Oh hell yeah, man, we can get Cam Reddish." I'm like, dude, like. There's a Can you reason. imagine the fan base, though? Yeah, but there's a reason why the Knicks are willing to get rid of him for a second-round pick. He's not any good. That's mm-hmm. that. That's the why. We had hope okay. before. We had hope before. You know, he came out of Duke. I think he was the number fourth overall pick. Um, let's see. Tenth pick. Wow, I wasn't even close. He was the tenth overall pick out of Duke, right? It was him, R.J. Barrett, Zion, that draft. Thus far this season, playing with the Knicks, he's... Averaging 21.9 points per night. He's averaging 8.4 points, 1.6 total rebounds, one assist, uh, 1.6 personal fouls. So he's averaged as many fouls as he, is, as he is rebounds. He's 30% from beyond the arc. He's 44% from the field. He's just, he's a guy who I feel is, if, if you want to talk about continuing to have like uh, a finesse team, 
he's it. Like he has no physicality to him. He can't shoot. He can't score. He can't rebound. Like, yeah, you, you give up a second round pick, but you're getting somebody back that you can't trust to put in any minutes because he can't give you any of the things that you want or need. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who want Cam Reddish and you see that price, like you can have them. Um, I really don't want him the bit, the big warthog. He goes, isn't Reddish a decent defender, horribly inefficient on offense though. Yeah, we have that. It's called Josh Akogi. Why would we want two Josh Akogis now? Just doesn't make sense. Especially if that's released. Like, Hey, we got Reddish. Like everyone would be like, what is going on? We need this and this and this, you know what I mean? So it would just be a very big negative in both ways. Just having them on the court. I feel like in that organization and also just the fans being like, we need something else. So, uh, Let's start winning some games, man. And by the way, I didn't wear this to be a douche. It's so cold in my apartment, man. I I was in two jackets today and a blanket. Just hang turn on out. the heat, dude. No, I'm not turning on the heat. You fucking listen. I, I swear to God. That. What is it? it? Like, turn it up to 72 and be comfortable. It's like no, 65 I like, in my house. I like the cold. I'm like freezing. I like this. Like, I like turn it. Turn it up. Turn it up. All right, I'm going to go get turned up considering the fact that the Panthers – uh, are up 30 to 17 with a minute 56 left. So oh my, that's sorry, over. Dude. Congratulations. I hope you wow. win all the money. Uh, that's over. The Suns lose. At least I had Venezia's pizza today for lunch. That's delicious pizza. That sounds awesome. I'm going to do really pizza, good. I think. Yeah, it's really good. So on that <laughs> note, Jamsters, thanks for hanging out with us. Even after the Suns lose their fourth consecutive game and their fifth in six games, we appreciate you hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you like, rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We're part of the Basketball Podcast Network now. So if you're new to this pod, uh, sorry. <laughs> We haven't won one since we joined the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, in a, we're not in like a very good mood. All right. Follow me on Darth Voida for some depressing tweets. Follow Matthew Lissy on Twitter uh, for no Lissy. tweets. And uh, on that note, Matthew, tell everyone what they can go do. Go home and love your family. Yeah.